fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> That was pretty good. Although, in fairness, I've heard mm. King Richard is really good. Well, yeah, I guess so. But. I haven't watched it, but I've heard good things, and I believe it. I mean, Will Smith's a great actor, you know, so like it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. But either way, it, it all circles back to fuck the Rock, even though we started talking about Shakespeare. <laughs> well, I think that's as good a jumping off point as any, don't you? Let's talk about something that rivals Shakespeare in all of its. I mean, this is the best written movie we've ever fucking covered on this show. It's definitely up there. It's like why this isn't in the Criterion Collection, I don't understand. Because it's in the Shout Factory Collection. This is exactly what I would expect from Albert Pune doing a Conan knockoff. We'll get into that right after I do the intro. How about that? Okay. This is Sharks Across Hollywood, and yeah, we're talking about a sword and sorcery movie by Albert Pune. It's his very first movie, The Sword and the Sorcerer. It's lacking in both of those things, but... (laughs) We'll get to that. I wouldn't say that. Um, it Most of the movie, there is a lack of swords and sorcery. But, okay, it's lacking in sorcery. But, boy, the scenes that have swords really make up for the scenes that don't have swords. Yeah, but it, it, it's talking about a specific sword. and that's... Yeah, and that one sword is worth at least four other swords. But it only shows up in two scenes. That's true. I wanted to see more of this sword's action, but uh, no, it unfortunately... I mean, I get why it had to remain off screen, because it's probably a janky piece of shit. I was going to say, it probably didn't work. (laughs) If they used it too often, it would just fucking fall apart. (laughs) But it looked great, and, and this movie really set the bar, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I can't think of another movie that went as far with the ridiculous modular weaponry. Because remember, if you remember all the way back to the Highlander episode, I said (laughs) modular weaponry was the thing of the 80s. Like, the more modular and the more accessories and secret trick compartments and stuff a weapon had in the 80s, the more badass it was. Stallone sold Cobra just on a laser sight. And then in Highlander, you know, we've got Kurgan and his ridiculous sword that would fall apart the second he used it to block anything. Yeah, that's the most impractical fucking thing. Like, yeah. (laughs) But this... This movie, wow, in that final conflict, they start pulling them out of their ass. Like, the titular sword, of course, is ridiculous and over the top. But then, oh, what's his name again? The bad guy? Cromwell. Cromwell, that's right. I should have remembered that. Fucking Cromwell starts busting out his, like, scepter thing that starts sprouting blades and switch blades and, and little arms and shit from the ends and then talon pulls a short sword out of the hilt of his regular sword and then he pops a blade out of his steel gauntlet it's fantastic that final conflict is everything i wanted it to be i actually liked this movie i did not like it the first time i was not in in the right headspace i don't know what the fuck happened the first time i watched it i'm like but mostly i think i was tired and i was just kind of like i looked away for a second i'm like wait did i miss a whole scene or did they just, is that not in there? And every, did you? Every, no, every time that happened, it the scene just wasn't in there. But I didn't realize that because I could have spaced out for 10 minutes and wouldn't have known. Then it gets oh. to the end and I'm like, wait, 
what the what? And so I went to I went to YouTube because I know this guy that I that I that I'm subscribed to on YouTube had just released a video right after Albert Pune died on this movie. So I watched it and I'm like, oh okay, no that I needed I needed him to tell me like what happened because I remembered all the scenes, but I didn't remember really. How he, yeah. It was like 20 minutes after I got done with the movie. I had no idea what happened. But after I watched his video, I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense. Okay. I, I was back on board. Okay. You must, I don't know. You must be tired because this is not a hard movie to follow. The plot doesn't exactly uh, have a lot of intricacies to it. Well, no, that's why I watch all these movies twice because I need to. Well, this one was worth a, a second watch, yeah. I think. I Because on the second watch, I'm like, no, I totally get it. I, I understand what is going on here. I understand that A, they didn't have enough money to fucking do all the stuff that I want to see but it's also his first movie so uh, he gets a pass on some of the things i gotta say he was making albert pune movies like right from the beginning like this <laughs> has everything i want from an albert pune movie which is a kind of sloppy script you know i expect a sloppy script i expl- i expect plot holes and there are plot holes but also interspersed with some very fun action and moments moments of borderline genius yeah like you could compare this to like nemesis because i haven't seen a whole lot of pew movies aside from like kickboxer 2 and captain america which is a piece of shit that got eaten up by the studio so that's not his fault really but i, I don't know nemesis is a really good movie overall i think and then this one is just like takes the cheesiest bits of nemesis and just throws them all into this crappy movie that's kind of fun like i wouldn't even call it a bad movie necessarily especially if you're if you're comparing it to some of the shit that you've made me watch i'm referring to one specifically which one because there's more than a few now that i think about it the warrior and the sorceress if we're if we're staying on the topic of like sword and sorcery type movies like this that's a fair comparison (laughs) um because the warrior and the sorceress came out two years after this after but Yes, after. This is pre-Warrior and the Sorceress. If anything, I actually think the Warrior and the Sorceress was trying to capitalize on the name recognition of the Sword and the Sorcerer. Really? They even cast one of the guys. Oh my god, it did. It come, came out in yeah. 1984. What the fuck? And uh, Rodrigo from this movie was Keith, or Sexy Shirtless Guy, as you kept referring to him oh. <laughs> in the, the Warrior and the Sorceress. So that's a fair comparison. Yeah, and <laughs> the warrior and the sorceress is by far the worst movie. This is this is heads and tails above that. And and the other thing we mentioned, Conan. This movie came out uh, a few months before the first Conan movie. No shit. Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? Maybe this was an asylum style attempt to capitalize on what they were pretty sure was going to be a big hit. You know, because Conan really had name recognition, but this is a straight Conan knockoff. I mean, if you now now I don't mean the movie Conan. I mean the the fictional history of Conan. If you read the uh, uh, the books by yeah Robert E. Howard, if you read the Conan books, Talon is portrayed as a pirate and mercenary and a slave and a general. I mean, that's fucking Conan. Conan was a thief but he was also a warrior and he was a king. You know, you're talking about like an updated version of Conan. And then all the shit that goes on in this movie is like, it's straight Conan. Oh, and remember when I told you, when I initially texted you after I watched it, I'm like, is every fucking character from these movies just the worst human being imaginable uh watching it a second time (laughs) he's not quite the douche that i thought he was well he's a douche for sure but he's he's douchey in that rakish han solo way yeah like he can't he can't actually sit back and let bad things happen to people no but he will (laughs) act like he can 
<laughs> but he definitely can't because it happens like four times. He's like, he's like, I'm just going to do this thing and you're going to do, you're going to give me your stuff and then I'm just going to leave. And then he's like, God damn it. All right. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean the whole the whole negotiation thing where he's where he's sitting at the table with her and she's like, "Well, you need to go save these guys after they've already made the deal for him to save her brother." He's like, "Well, what are you going to pay me for that?" She's like, "You've already been paid for a thousand such tasks." He's like, oh, "You've whetted my appetite, you know." <laughs> like, oh, "All yeah. right, I'll do it." Because in that like, scene, oh my god, yeah, that scene. That's the like, first he can't scene. say he can't say no. Yeah, cuz it Deep down, he's a good guy. But he's definitely got that, you know, that uh, that Han Solo douchebag energy. We'll talk about his evolution from that character. I mean, t- into that character, really. That's the problem that I have with this movie. This is the <laughs> giant plot hole, is there is no evolution. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. He just appears as that character fully formed. We see him as a child, and then we see him as an adult. And there's no fucking connective tissue between those two things. He just goes from being this, you know, little pampered rich boy who can barely use this magic sword to to fight off a couple of guards to suddenly being the greatest warrior in the land. Oh uh, yeah, who everybody knows and loves. I mean, they literally have a line later on in the movie where they're like there would be no kingdoms if it weren't for him. Like, yeah. okay, that's that seems hyperbolic. This movie is called The Sword and the Sorcerer and both the sword and the sorcerer are in it for maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, that might be pushing it even. It might be more like seven. Yeah, so how, barely in it. So how about the the opening scene? This is one of those movies where the opening scene or the trailer or whatever promises a lot more than what the movie delivers. And not necessarily more, <laughs> just something that's a lot different than what would actually happen over the course of the movie. <laughs> During my first watch, I had that thought because I, I, I had seen this movie back when I was like 12 or 13 years old, but I have no memory. I think I basically remembered the harem scene and the shooting sword blades, and that's pretty much it. Like, that's all I remembered because that was all I really cared about when I was 12 or 13 years old. I was going to say, old. pretty much a preteen, early teen year. Hey, there's tits. Hey, there's a cool sword. There you go. Yep. And that was about it. So as we're going through this opening scene, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I wonder where this is going to go. And then when they light that altar up, that was one of those moments of genius. I mean, I guess you you should walk us into that point so so we can discuss it. The opening, it's it starts out like your typical sword and sorcery, kind of Conan-y. There's, a, there's some opening narration and shit like this is happening and this is happening. These kingdoms are getting fucked up by this asshole over here interesting fact there was supposed to be much more famous narrator it was supposed to be oliver reed and uh, apparently he showed up so hammered drunk and was such an asshole on that first day that they were like yeah you're out of here buddy he apparently worked it out with albert pune and they were cool but he still fired him yeah he was still like no i'm sorry man like i can't do it which is a ballsy (laughs) move for your first movie yeah fucking oliver reed dude like okay all right, you know, like, respect. I kind of like Albert Pune for that. That took guts. Also, he maybe might have been responsible for somebody dying in this movie in real life, but we'll come back to that. If what he said is true, then I could see how that could slip past you, you know, and 
result in that happening through no fault of his own necessarily but i guess that's the real question is what he said true who knows this is this is the kind of shit we need time machines for not to solve any real problems or anything but to go <laughs> just, back and see who's full of shit just to see who's full of shit that's the whole point of time machines yeah i'm, I'm, I'm okay with it so this group of assholes and a witch end up going into this cave and they're very obviously assholes they're all wearing they're all flying the asshole flag pretty high immediately oh yeah i don't even remember what they did because very very in in you know very quickly the scene sets itself and it's really cool do you see all these weird faces like carved into the into the side of the cave into the cave walls and shit and they don't know do they're carved into the altar oh they call in, in oh yeah they're into the altar not not in the cave walls you, you're right the, i thought they were in the walls the first time i watched it because i wasn't nope, paying attention they're in the altar <laughs> yeah there's an altar there's a sarcophagus casket thing it uh, looks like an altar it could be a sarcophagus it's tough to say my thought was altar if if your thought was sarcophagus i could understand that too yeah the witch does some witchy stuff which is kind of cool that's what um, witches that, do the, she's got this like candelabra thing or incense burner or something like that and she kind of does a gesture over it and then it just starts burning and smoking so that was kind of a nice effect but it pales in comparison to the effect we're about to see oh you mean when all the faces come the fuck to life and, they're <laughs> and all... it looks like something straight out of hellraiser and they're all skinless it... and fucking creepy looking it is horrifying and it is awesome it's one of the best effects i've seen in this type of movie like, like, seriously, it might be the best effect I've seen in an 80s swords and sorcery movie. Well, yeah, and I watched, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, shit, I am so in for this movie. Yeah, this movie looks like it's going to be some fucked up shit, and there is some fucked up shit that goes on, but it's not at all. Like, that. I think we've just seen the highest high that this movie reaches, with the exception of the final uh, sword fight. This is awesome. And then we see there's like this ooze this red ooze or blood or whatever you want to call it in the in the center of the altar or whatever it is it started out as a solid top thing with just like sand on it but suddenly it's turned into this like almost cauldron filled with this bubbling muck and out of it forms this weird naked red demon baby even though he's not a baby he's a demon man because he's, he's not fucking little. huge yeah <laughs> Played by Richard Mall of Night Court fame, but who was also in House, not the Japanese one, the uh, the Sean Cunningham one. It's oh. not Hugh Laurie, yeah. although Hugh Laurie <laughs> is a tall fellow. So yeah, this motherfucker just like forms out of this this little ooze puddle. Right off the bat, I'm like, wow, somebody hates women in this movie. But one dude is like, oh, who is this? Who is this dick? Why? Oh, because Cromwell. Cromwell is like the main bad guy or other main bad guy, and he's like talking to this thing that just came out of the ooze who is Zusha the sorcerer of the sword and the sorcerer yes he is the titular sorcerer and he's like you're gonna you're gonna help me you're gonna use your magic and you're gonna help me take over this kingdom and shit and then one dude is like this guy doesn't look so bad he's not so tough looking and then Zusha looks over at the witch and goes I'll show you some shit and then he rips the fucking witch's heart out with his mind yeah um I feel like this is this is one of those things that uh, it's similar to Lord Zag drowning the slave girl in Warrior and the Sorceress, where there was kind of this, like, if you want to show that someone's a really bad dude, you have him kill a woman who's loyal to him. They did the same thing in Conan with Thulsa Doom, where he, he gestures to that woman up on the balcony to jump off 
Oh yeah, and kill herself for him. Thing. Like it fuck? was a thing with fantasy movies in the eighties, where if you wanted to show that a character was really truly evil, you had him kill a woman who was loyal to him. Yeah, it's weird. It, it it's one of those weird things. But it still makes for an awesome scene. No, it's a pretty rad scene. That fucking altar with those faces. I mean, wow. What a way to open the movie. But then, a thousand leagues away, we meet King Richard, and this is the good guy right here. You can tell he's the good guy because he's surrounded by flowers and his wife's all pretty and wearing white and shit. And he he looks so fucking tired. This guy looks exhausted from a life of being king. Because he's old, and the actor didn't want to be there in the first place, I imagine. I don't know. I don't know who the actor is. That is entirely <laughs> possible. Oh, by the way, did you recognize the actor who played Cromwell? At first, I'm like, Rutger Hauer? What the fuck? But then it's not. It's not him. Not no. Him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not Rutger. This guy is not half the actor Rutger Hauer is. <laughs> he just kind of looks like he should be in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, that's fair. He does look like he should be in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but he's no Rutger Hauer. Oh, man, Talon's little sister is played by the little girl from uh, from Cloak and Dagger. Yes, I, I noticed that. And did you catch that that is his little sister who grows up into the blonde woman who's Cromwell's concubine? No, I didn't. I just, you, you you started saying it and I looked at her name. I'm like, oh yeah, young Elizabeth. Oh shit. No, I did not pick that up at all until right this yeah. second. <laughs> so like, she, there's the scene where she just like smacks one on him and I'm like, dude, isn't that your sister? Like, <laughs> but they never actually say it. The only reason I know that is because the credits say that that's young Elizabeth. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, dude. I Wow. Okay. Yeah. I just can't get the fuck away from it. Can I? Incest is everywhere. <laughs> Uh, it was the 80s. What you going to do? Oh, my God. Moving Good on. double feature with Twice Dead. <laughs> Except that wasn't the actual sibling chemistry. That was just the actors wanting to fuck each other, and it just it, <laughs> it permeated through every single thing that happened in that movie. <laughs> every time I listen to that podcast, you... <laughs> I, it blows my mind that it never occurred to me until you said it, because it is so painfully there in every single shot and i'm not the only one who thought it after we recorded the episode i ended up watching i think i watched an episode a, a youtube video from that same guy who we talked about before who did the video on this it was after we had recorded the episode already and so so i didn't pick it up from him but he's like they want to fuck each other totally i'm like see i fucking t- I, i'm not the only one <laughs> no no as soon as you said it i was i was just like oh my god you're absolutely right it's fucking but i'm weird. just that naive i guess it <laughs> I mean, she's hot. I'm into it. I want. I. I. I wanna too. But not if she was my yeah, actual like, sister. You know? It's called acting, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put that stuff away when the cameras are rolling. Yeah, it's not like uh, that guy who played the Red Ranger in In Space and his sister being and his biological actual sister being in a movie where they play love interests. That's so fucking weird. We definitely need to cover that movie at some point because that would be fun. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I'm willing. I don't want to say I'm into it, but I'm willing. It's Kickboxing Academy, by the way. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. I mean, that sounds fun. So, moving on from incest again. Okay, okay. Aden is the is the place where all this shit is going down right this second. It's being ravaged by Zusha and Cromwell, so... Yeah, but Zusha now is all weak and shit from his conjuring. We don't actually see what he conjured, because the movie doesn't have the budget for that kind of shit. But now, now he's a little bitch again, and... And Cromwell just, you know, wants to kill him. So so Zusha doesn't decide he wants to take well, over. Well, you got to remember, though, the idea is that they just had a decisive victory over the majority of 
the armies of uh, what's the name of the place again? Osaka or something? Osaka? I know that's not it. <laughs> Eden. Eden. Yes. That's right. That's right. Aiden. I, I I was thinking Aiden. That's what it was. I was thinking Aiden, and I think then I got that wrestler or something's name, Asuka. Asuka. And then <laughs> I started thinking Osaka. So I was like, all right, that my brain's all over the place today. So they just won a decisive victory, and like now Aiden's military force is severely reduced. So he's like, all right, let's kill this wizarding bitch before he gets ideas you know Cromwell stabs Zusha in the stomach and fucking this is I think this is the stunt where the guy probably died because it's the only one where he's falling off of a mountain or jumping off of a mountain and he missed the fucking the fucking pad on the ground there is another story of negligence on the set of this film Ooh, I'm, I'm excited I don't know about that one so let's it's actually we to it. we've already passed the oh. point at which it appeared okay. it was during the contra- the the summoning scene when Zusha comes up out of the muck Apparently, the lenses Richard Maul had in his eyes, when he opened his eyes, the muck bonded his eyelids to the lenses, and he had to go and have them surgically removed. So apparently, he he was out of commission for uh, like a a week or two, and they ended up doing some of the shots with a completely different actor. Well, that might also explain why he's not in the fucking movie at all. I don't know which shots they used a different actor for. I'm assuming the final battle shots are him because he's so fucking tall and Richard Maul is a really big guy. So I'm thinking maybe like the throne shots. Oh yeah, he did look kind of weird in those, like a little different. Yeah, he looks different in, in those sequences. That's what I'm guessing it probably was. But yeah, that's fucked up, man. Like... <laughs> His eyelids got sealed to the fucking lenses. Oh, I mean, that's, that's 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 the kind of shit that just kind of happens when you do stuff like that. And that's not really not necessarily not nobody's fault. But the director wouldn't have been like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what all this stuff is. It's not like Pune was like, oh, fuck, you know, like he knew that that was a that was something that was going to happen. It was just like, ah, fuck it. We'll just deal with it as it comes. You know, like there's negligence and then there's just stuff you could have never prepared for. So I'm hoping that's all that was. Yeah. So Zusha's dead now, you know, well, Zusha's out of commission. We, we assume Zusha's dead now. So Richard's son, Richard's son, Travis is all fucked up looking. He comes running in because we cut, we cut back to Richard in, in whatever inside the castle. He's all fucked up and his face is all weird and like gross and stuff. And he says that Cromwell's army is coming and shit. And I just wrote down Prince Valiant over there is just like, and that's uh, young Talon. Yeah. Young Talon doesn't exactly exude competence. Uh, Nope. But uh, he's the, he's the only son now. So I, (laughs) Apparently. Because Travis dies, like, immediately. Yep, but apparently whatever magic Zusha wrought in that battle did some nasty, nasty shit to Uh, those guys. Yes. Then Richard tells his wife to take the people and escape while he rides into battle. But he tells his other son, Talon, of course, that should Richard die, that it's up to him to rule the kingdom, I guess, is what's happening. To avenge him. To avenge him. It's up to him to avenge him. So he gives him the awesome sword, the three-bladed sword that is in the description of the fucking movie. It says a mercenary with a three-bladed sword rediscovers his royal heritage's dangerous future when he is recruited to help a princess foil the designs of a brutal tyrant and a powerful sorcerer in conquering a land. So that is the synopsis, at least on IMDb. Yeah, that's a little bit of bullshit there because he was already on his way to kill Cromwell before he ever met the princess. Like, he literally says to his troops there in that 
sequence when he's first introduced, he says, I've got a debt to pay. Yeah, and it's not really exactly clear what the debt is, but yeah, we know what it is. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to wait for a rewatch for everything to click into place. Yes. Because you can miss it. You miss one line and it's just like this movie. I, I will say this movie moves pretty fast. It does. And there's a couple of times where you got to you got to wonder. I'm like, did they was that a joke? Did they do that like on purpose or did they just not have enough money to shoot the stuff that led up to this point? <laughs> like the way they cut from them saying all right let's go rescue him to to the guys just being in prison that is exactly the one that i'm talking about yes <laughs> that's one of those giant plot holes i was talking about yeah i and i i gotta level with you i don't know because the comedic value of it is pretty strong it, it is pretty it is pretty funny i have to give it that but then that that scene just takes a fucking turn i'm like can we pick a tone for like five minutes and kind of <laughs> No, it gets so dark. It's like, uh, hey, we're telling okay, jokes. Well, All right, everybody's getting murdered and having their tongues cut out and shit. And then through a little bit of narration, we learn that Richard's army is all kinds of fucked, which we kind of knew already, so that's uh, not needed. Talon then, I think, does he see Cromwell kill his dad? Yeah, he rolls okay. up and um, he he comes across that soldier who's dying, who tells him, uh, the battle's lost, you have to go save your mother. And then he he's like, no, but, you know, my father. And, and then that's when he's looking down you know, from like this hilltop into into like this uh, uh, valley section. And that's where Cromwell just they well, not Cromwell specifically. Cromwell's servant stabs his dad in the back. It's just a weirdly edited little moment. So it's not entirely clear if he sees his dad die or not. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure he sees him. And then the guy's like, go, you got to go save your mom. And so he turns and runs in the opposite direction of the the valley like he runs up the mountain or hill or whatever it is and then we cut to the boat so clearly it's on the other side of this hill or mountain or whatever it is and cromwell's already there and captures the mother so cromwell is apparently the fastest motherfucker in the world <laughs> because here comes talon riding on a horse talon already had the head start and cromwell's already beaten into mom so yeah there's a little bit of a plot hole there as well yep so he he doesn't have much choice. He doesn't save his mom at all. His little sister gets taken away, who is apparently going to become a prostitute later. And his mom gets, I, I guess, gets her head cut off. We don't really see what happens, but they raise the sword pretty high and they take a swipe. So, you know, that actually raises a question for me. OK, with fantasy movies like this, can we call them whores? Because like I heard that you you can't use the term whore or prostitute anymore because it's derogatory and <laughs> now you want to say sex worker, right? <laughs> yeah. But it sounds weird to call characters in fantasy medieval fantasy movies sex workers. <laughs> that sounds bizarre to me. That's like calling the king's chancellor his executive assistant, you know? Like it it's not technically wrong, but it feels wrong somehow. I call him spinal tap. What? <laughs> Just this one. Oh, you, oh, you mean the yeah no you know what actually <laughs> the guy does look like he belongs in spinal tap very very much very much we'll we'll get to him here in a few minutes uh but i'm not talking about him specifically i'm just like can can, can we still use the term prostitute or whore for characters in fantasy movies because <laughs> i gotta say sex worker just sounds wrong I'll say let's 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 split the difference and just call them concubines. But they're not concubines. There's a difference. A concubine is is a concubine is like a second tier wife. But he he re Cromwell refers to Elizabeth as his concubine. Exactly. She's his second tier wife. So like she doesn't have the rights of a wife to inheritance and stuff like that, but she does have the right 
to be treated with a level of respect and honor within the household. But Captain That's what a concubine is. Captain Morgan seems awfully familiar with her. And everybody... At, <laughs> That's true. At, the, at that little whorehouse place, everyone at the brothel seems also very familiar with her, all like the ladies that are working there and stuff, so I don't know. I agree, but... That's not all I'm saying is that's not what concubine means. I know. I I, I know that's not. I just <laughs> I just took to calling all the women in here wenches. OK. All right. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So his his mom's totally dead, man. Oh, yeah. His his poor mother. And she goes out like a boss too. <laughs> the guy's like, I'll spare your daughter if you proclaim me king. And she's like, never. And just stabs him in the chest. <laughs> Like, and then he shit. chops her head off. I'm like, all right, she's a badass. Yeah, man. there are some some actual strong female characters. Like the the women in this movie actually do stuff. Yeah, they're not just props. Well, some of them are, but most most well, some of them aren't. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm actually I'm actually kind of impressed. We'll talk about the main girl here in a, in a few minutes, also, and she has some pretty good business throughout the movie. We get to see this fucking sword in action. Too bad it's used by some dipshit little kid. He's trying. He's trying. I just don't like his face. I agree. He just, he just again, like I said, does not project competence. Well, yeah, and I saw this, and I'm like, I kind of, I watched the trailer like a while ago, and I'm like, wait, this is the hero? Do I have to hang out with this guy for the whole fucking movie? <laughs> I hope not. As it turns out. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that guy. I say that like I say that like it's a bad thing. No, he 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 was good actually. He's okay. He does the job. I didn't like him, but I didn't hate him. Yeah, he, he like he did the job. That's it. So apparently these the, those extra two blades are fucking projectiles, and he can like shoot them into people. <laughs> Just right off the bat with the ridiculousness, I love it. This is awesome. This is an Albert Pune movie. Yes, and yeah, yeah. My comment was sure. Why not? This is like in in Nemesis going from that you know the hit scene or or whatever it is um, going directly into that ridiculous chase and just launching rockets and shit at the guy on those building tops and stuff. This is the equivalent of that. Yeah, we're just yeah. like immediately cutting to the ridiculous action. Not to mention some awesome fucking stunt work for a low budget movie like that. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> oh, the stunt work in Nemesis was so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting. I thought that movie was going to be way dumber. But that's not the movie we're talking about. We're talking about the sword and the sorcerer. He shoots the fucking sword part at the dude and it just like fucking annihilates this guy. It goes right through his head yeah. to the point where. <laughs> It's it's gone all the way through and is just jutting out the back and just left like a little crease in the front of his face. And so the kid runs away, obviously, because he's a kid. He, he can't fight all these assholes by himself. And then Cromwell tells his henchman, go find the boy. I want him. Oh, well, now. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we're um, we're missing a little bit in the fight scene. But there, there's a key moment in that fight. He gets shot in the hand and his hand gets pinned. His left hand gets pinned to a tree. And so he reaches under himself like a fucking gunslinger and shoots the second blade of the sword through a different guy. But then we kind of see him have this moment where he's l staring at his hand and is like, how the fuck am I going to get free of this? And then cut to later. And is the spear or bolt thing still in the tree? Yes. I, I can't remember. Yeah, it is still in the tree. Yeah. So he like he ripped his hand off of the thing without the without the arrow busting loose from the tree. Do people's hands just heal differently in this universe? Well, keep in mind, his last two fingers on the hand don't work anymore because later on when he's when he's like 
on when he's crucified and he's pulling the nail he's like gripping the nail but he's only gripping it with the first three fingers of his hand the other two fingers are like dead is that ever mentioned in the actual movie yeah, he's got the they say he has a metal gauntleted hand and if you if you ever look at the gauntlet on his hand, it covers those two fingers of his and the center of his hand. Oh. Yeah, I I mean that that's what's nice about the new 4K top drawer resolution on it. Well, which I wa- I watched the 4K, but clearly oh. I, I wasn't paying attention to those kinds of details, I guess. Yeah, well, it sounds like you were not in the right headspace at least on your first go round. No, on, on the second go round, I was totally in the right headspace, but I was taking notes also. So it was. You know. Oh yeah, well that'll do it because it only it only shows up for a few seconds total. Yeah. Okay. More narration. More narration. More narration. Okay. So Talon, it says, simply vanished into the void. But what really happened is that he spent eleven years just turning into a fucking badass and doing yeah. awesome things. Over the course of eleven years, this dude has built up a legend for himself. So theoretically, he was just awesome right out the gate, which I don't buy from that kid at all. But okay, all right, we're suspending disbelief. The problem is that (laughs) that's the interesting part of the story that I want to see play out. That's what uh, Amelius did right in Conan, is he showed us that transition from Conan's family being killed to becoming, you know, the warrior in the wasteland. He gave us that arc. Well, you know what Talon, you know what Talon did? He probably spent a year pushing a wheel around. <laughs> but they didn't show it to us. <laughs> He's just immediately Conan and they didn't give us that arc. No, you had to wait a month for that to happen in the movie. <laughs> it wasn't even a so month, anyway. it was like 4 days or some shit. Like this came out at the at the end of April and Conan came out at the beginning of May. Oh wow, so it was like a week later. I think so, unless I'm just fucking nuts it's like friday to friday april 30th this one came out oh may 14th so so a couple weeks yeah so two weeks yeah (laughs) but still what the fuck and i mean conan's a way better movie it is it is but this is this this is a fun movie it's just if you're into this kind of shit on that level of conan yeah so it's been 11 years right so he comes back and he does the thing he's like i've got a debt to pay all that shit and his fucking hair is immediately bumming me out oh and he's played by a completely different actor now well, he's supposed to be, you know, now he's supposed to be a swashbuckling adventurer rather than a, you know, naive young prince. So funny so, thing about the actor who who plays him, his name is Lee Horsley, and apparently he's actually really into riding horses. How appropriate. <laughs> I wonder if that's his real name or if it's a stage name. He does have a sort of swashbuckling face. I get why they did that, but why that hair? That hair looks like just the worst fucking wig I've ever seen in a fantasy movie. It's so bad. Yeah, Lee Arthur Horsley. That's his name. I'm curious to see what he grew up into after 30 years because did you catch the, uh, I mean, obviously you caught the teaser at the end, Talon (laughs) Will Return. Uh, Did you know that... Albert Pune did make that movie. Yeah, I immediately went to look for it because I'm like, oh shit, I, I could I could do another one of these. That sounds awesome. Uh, he made it in like 2012. Yeah, turns out fucking 35 years later, he made the sequel that's not really a sequel at all. It's just kind of a movie that's fantasy-based and has the title of the movie that he said he was going to make. But Horsley is in it. He is in it as like the stranger or some shit, right? Yeah, so like so like apparently he's now man with no naming it, which is fine for me. I don't have a problem with it. I'm I'm just curious to see where it goes. It stars Kevin Sorbo. Uh <laughs> yep. 
and I gotta say, uh, I love Kevin Sorbo's action movies as much as Sorbo is a giant fucking tool on social media. I love his action movies, so I ordered it immediately after watching this movie. It's on its way. Oh, good. I don't know when I'm gonna get it, but well, it's a European only release. But I'm getting it. Like, there's a bunch of characters in it from this movie. Zusha yeah. is there. Yeah. Alana is there. There's more than one there. character. Aidan. Aidan is a person, and that's Kevin Sorbo. So I don't know what the fuck that's all about. Oh, maybe he's like some legendary warrior that the city was named after or something. Or maybe he's named after the city. I don't know. Elizabeth is there. But which what? doesn't make any <laughs> what? sense. There's a character named Elizabeth. I don't know. Is she a pretty blonde? Uh, she is unpictured. Oh, okay. So I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. I'm very curious to see what he did with it. Zusha apparently is still alive he's kind of hanging out in a cave sitting on this big ass throne like skeletor yeah and he's got this evil lynn new witch who's working for him who seems like she should have appeared more in this movie but doesn't yeah she's in one shot she hisses at the camera and then she kind of disappears for the rest of the movie no she hisses at the camera and then she goes and stands by him while he delivers his very brief monologue and that's it we don't see her again but like they set her up like she's going to be a character it's okay we don't see him again either until the end of the movie that's true. I wonder how much of this movie just got cut for budgetary reasons. Like, I would be, I have to listen to the audio commentary. Yes, I'm this. super curious about it because, and I want to watch some interviews and stuff because I'm like kind of a missed opportunity, it seems like, for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, there, there's a lot of fun to be had here, but there's also some gaping plot holes. Yes. So, yeah, he's, he, a messenger tells him about Cromwell, and I think it's, we'll learn that it's Micah. Is it actually Micah that is the one who, goes to see him in the cave i'm not sure who micah is micah is alana's brother who is the rightful heir to the throne no it's not him no and i just realized that as i'm reading my note it's not him but that guy comes in and tells him about cromwell and micah and the rebellion and marrying alana and shit it's a lot of information which is is cromwell's plan is to marry alana so that way he can take over and oh yeah this character who we haven't introduced yet (laughs) she's getting married yeah (laughs) then Zusha's like, okay, well, give me two days. I'll come and fuck shit up, and we'll we'll do some stuff. It'll be fun. Oh, and the, okay, now here we're gonna meet. We're gonna meet Michelli, who is kind of Cromwell's right hand man. At least we think he is. This is the guy who looks like he's from fucking Spinal Tap. Yes, he does. It's so crazy. As soon as you said it, and you know which character exactly too, right? He's he's the other guy who's I can't remember what the. He's kind of all three of them, honestly. Well, <laughs> yeah, he kind of he would he I mean, would fit you, in. You look at that hair that. He would he could totally be the fourth member of well, okay, technically they have a drummer, but you know, the drummers all look out of place if you if you look at the drummers from Spinal yeah, Tap. I, I was I was gonna like say the like he, the band. I was gonna say he could be the drummer, but no he can't because you know, they look like Ed whoever the fuck his name is. <laughs> but yeah, he could be a an additional member of Spinal Tap tomorrow with that hair. So in Aiden, Prince Micah is setting up his rebellion like in this very public place and that's when talon comes into the bar or pub or whatever the fuck this place is you know the guy behind the counter is like you look like you guys can drink and he's like fuck yeah we can give us a bucket i don't know what that means but you know it sounds like they're here to party i think it's like a bucket of beer you know and then they just like dip their cups into it and drink no that would make sense and the dude's like you know you guys you know if you guys want to make money doing shit you're coming to the right place and he's like yeah all right Yeah, and the guy's like, well, there's a rebellion about to happen, and uh, the man you want to talk to if you want to join the rebels is this guy, and if you want to 
join the establishment, it's this guy. So I'm sure either of them would pay you handsomely for your services. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep. So we also learned that Michelli and Micah are in cahoots, I wrote, because I'm a fucking child and I like weird words. <laughs> you um, don't hear people say in cahoots enough these days. I know. Uh, well, let's bring it back. We'll bring it back. It'll be cool. Then, all right, I'll go in. I'll go into cahoots with you on that. All right, awesome. Alana, who is not the love interest, she is Micah's sister though. She should be the love interest, but she's not. She's a piece of ass who is also kind of cool. To Talon, anyway, she is. Yes, not not to me. I respect women, especially ones that'll knee me in the balls if I try anything. I mean, hey, for the eighties, that was a that was a revolutionary move. Oh for no, a fantasy shit. Movie. And I, I, I we'll we'll get to it here in a minute because I just like the way she goes about it so she has a map of the cromwell of cromwell's Cromwell's castle Castle. with secret entrances and shit which becomes completely pointless because there's a character that's introduced later on who is basically the map in human form well what's kind of bullshit is they keep referencing that like they have the map and then later they meet the guy and the only thing they get out of it is the way into the castle through the sewer that's it like you think that it's going to come around again but by the time they meet that guy Nobody uses any secret entrances or anything. I think uh, Talon just wanted a friend. He'd wanted his dad back, so we just kind of hung out with the old guy. You're old enough to remind me of my father. It's uh, kind of dialogue in passing, but apparently Cromwell has invited all these neighboring rulers to this party, this wedding thing in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, like he's announcing a wedding. Alana doesn't even realize she's supposed to be the bride in this thing. Yeah, she's, she's kind of clueless at this point. Like, this guy's got... This guy has a lot of confidence in his planning ability. That's all I'll say for him. Can't exactly remember why I wrote this part down, but I wrote Cromwell comes in to break up the party. Oh, because they're in that they're in that like little place, and he's he's jealous that Alana would rather fuck her brother than him. I don't exactly <laughs> know which part, like what where that came from. Oh no, but... I I totally got that. As soon as they walked in, I was like, he is holding her inappropriately close oh that's right they hug yeah like they don't just hug like he hugs her and then he holds her like by the waist like right against himself as he talks to her and i'm like dude if i did that with my sister it would be weird that's because in real life that's not his sister and he just wanted to fill up the hot girl (laughs) yeah apparently i don't know but uh Whatever, she doesn't let on, so... And, you know, Michelli is probably used to this bullshit. uh, Michelli is a fucking liar, so he double-crossed his double-cross, so he's back on Cromwell's side now for whatever reason. Well, we'll find out later. Yeah. And then, you know, they take Mike a prisoner, and Alana tries to run, but she gets ambushed by these assholes outside who refer to their dicks as daggers. Yeah, these guys are... Wow, you want to talk about straight out of the 80s fantasy movie playbook. Uh, yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna try and uh, have their way with her. <laughs> I will say, um, Pune kept this scene about as tasteful as you could. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, yeah, if this was the warrior and the sorceress, it, there would have been a lot more degradation going on uh, on camera than off camera. Pune kept it pretty tasteful, yeah. all things considered. So this dude, basically, he grabs Alana and he's like, I'm gonna... I'm going to fuck you, basically. And she's like, with what? Which is her favorite thing to say. <laughs> and then she n- kicks him in the balls, knees him in the balls, whatever. But it's pretty, pretty awesome. But then, you know, she can't fight them all off. Fortunately, along comes a rakish rogue. Eating a... With a, a big haunch of beef or yeah. goat. I think it's goat, actually. It is some animal that is still on the bone. I mean, he like, he just has the whole damn leg. You can see the hoof. <laughs> I wrote down he's very casual with his meat. <laughs> And he yeah. he calls the dude's dick small. He's like, that dagger looks really small. It's a very small threat, he says. Yeah, very like, small. 
Like he emphasizes it, which is kind of funny. I I don't hate and, him. And the the would be rapist takes it personally. Talon uses his meat to beat the guys up. He beats his meat all over their faces, as you would. Except <laughs> for the last guy. The last guy just runs into a wall in true slapstick tradition. Yeah. Again, the tone is all over the fucking place. <laughs> Like these guys were just <laughs> which trying is, to, which is also kind of what I expect from Albert Pugh. Well, he's yeah, he's not good at maintaining a consistent tone. Then Alana and Talon sit down. They sit down together, and Talon is—I wrote down—he's kind of a douche. He is a douche. She says that she'll pay anything for him to go into the castle and rescue her brother. Is your sword for hire? And he's like, uh, he basically pulls his dick out and says, "This one is." <laughs> he he doesn't pull his dick out. Okay, for the. Uh, <laughs> audience if you haven't seen it he doesn't actually pull his dick out he just implies that he wants to it's like my sword is at attention or some shit it's weird but yeah um so the, ta- the the currency in this place is called talents i don't know if that was talents talent like yeah hey uh, he's got the ability to fight with the sword that's an incredible talent yeah it, they're called talents the currency the like the money yes yep i it's had a to... it it's a biblical era currency i had the subtitles on and it said talons so fine okay i believe you though yeah i think that's that that's an error on the subtitlers part but he doesn't want money do you know what he does want no you're 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 gonna want that ass that is literally what i wrote down great minds think alike with a d i wrote down dat ass piece of dat ass oh Uh, you you didn't write ass with z's i did not i did not but i did do missed opportunity he's like yeah we're gonna fuck that's what we're gonna do and she's like good lord like she's like she doesn't want to but she's like fine fuck this is what makes him the hero of the 80s fantasy movie is he makes her agree to it before he's before he's gonna do it it is technically makes him the hero yeah it is technically consensual she's very clearly not into it but she's like whatever then this old guy who's been kind of like waiting on him for a few minutes he comes in somebody comes in i don't remember apparently this guy who's also comic relief by the way 50 of their people have also been captured but they haven't been captured i i misunderstood they're trapped in a cave with the fucking cromwell's army ready to kill him cromwell's archers archers which is part of his army so fuck you man it's true, but it's all archers. It's not like it's not like there's an even mix of foot soldiers and archers and That's you true. know cavalry. It's just archers. But then he's like, uh, "Hey, why don't you get fucked? I'm already saving your brother. I'm not getting paid enough for this." And she's like, "You're getting paid enough for like whatever, like you know, I can't remember exactly for a thousand what such tasks." Yes, and then she tells him his dick is small if she if he doesn't go and help him. After she says that the the coochie is worth a thousand such tasks, he's like, "You raise my expectations." And then at some point he says, "I can't wait to bed you wench." I'm like, Jesus, that sounds creepy. I, I'm I'm reminded of uh uh what's his name from from kicking and screaming Dewey or something. Uh, the one who's like, "I'd like to fuck her if you know <laughs> if you catch my meaning." Skippy. Skippy, that's it. I'd like to fuck her on the tennis court if you get my meaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he goes from Han Solo to Skippy in 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 one line. He kisses her for a collateral, let's call it. Just as he leaves, some dudes come in and kidnap her. She's fucking fuck. Like, <laughs> like within seconds yeah. of him leaving. Like he's just far enough out of range that he doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. And then we cut to the archers waiting outside this cave with their cute little dragons. They look like Mushu, the Mushu missiles from fucking Mulan, the cartoon one. Oh yeah, I it's been forever since I've seen that. I don't remember. And then the farmers are down there like, oh, fuck, we need to get out of here, man. Are we going to are we going to stay down here like a bunch of bitches and just surrender? Or are we going to fight? And then Keith, uh, I mean, Rodrigo. Yes, Rodrigo. Rodrigo, by the way, is also a character in 
that the sequel one. I wonder if he's played by Keith. He sure isn't. I think that's uh, Cody, the code man. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Sasha Mitchell plays him? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Now I'm curious. Unless I'm full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sasha Mitchell. He's Rodrigo. Yep. I just think it's funny that Rodrigo is such a spineless wimp in this movie because, you know, Keith was such a badass and warrior in the sorceress. So it's really weird to see this guy playing this kind of cowardly figure. He's a character who's got fighting ability, but is also kind of a wimp. Is Rodrigo the, the like leader of them or? Like yeah. He's the, like the main former well, guy. I mean, he he looks like the leader. If anybody does, he's the guy who spears the okay. the guy who's yeah. pouring the oil. Yeah, so he's like he's like the de facto leader of the of the farmer people. <laughs> he's probably got the most fighting ability, even though he's he's also kind of spineless. And yeah, they totally they're they're pouring oil down into the down into the cave to set it on fire, and they totally stab one of the guys who's doing it. I'm pretty sure he's only a slave, so that was kind of mean on their part. But you know, do what you got. Well, do. you know, I mean, at the same time, the dude was pouring oil down to burn them alive so you know it's messed up but uh i can see why you would do that the flaming arrows though this is uh the little dragons on there are literally to light the arrows yeah the little dragon things like <laughs> i don't know what they do but suddenly they all start blowing fire out of their schnozzes it's and uh yeah these guys are lighting their arrows off them. Are they supposed to be real dragons and the special effects are just that bad? Or are they supposed to be like little objects in the shape of a dragon? Oh, that's a good question, man. I don't know. I Yeah, I can't tell. I, again gotta watch the old uh audio commentary on this one but everything's cool because talon's there he snuck up on these fuckers and they don't even know shit he grabs a bucket of oil that he found somewhere without these assholes knowing it and he just pours it down and it gathers around their feet and he sets their asses on fire and i'm pretty sure all the bad guys burn to death this is one of those segments that's not done terribly well pune will get better at this type of thing but yeah technically everything you said is correct <laughs> uh, but it it's just it's played out not nearly as succinctly or well as you describe yeah no that's what happens but that's not really what you see happen yeah it's kind of weird like as i was watching it i was like you know if he'd just done this or this you could have made this way more plausible the but, only you know, reason whatever yeah the only reason i know that they're all dead is because all the they walk past all the bodies yeah. None of them are charred in the slightest, but they're there. Oh, I I thought there were some charred ones, weren't well, maybe. there? Uh, maybe a couple. I don't know. Not don't not know. enough for me to fucking note as many. Suffice to say, they walk out of there very casually. Yeah. So now they're on their way to rescue Micah. They used a magic Zelda map. That's what I called it, even though Zelda hadn't come out yet. <laughs> but that's basically what it is. They're like, we go through here, yeah. and this will lead right up into the dungeon. And that's how they find their way in. And then we cut to Alana being kind of a tease. <laughs> Cromwell tries to get fresh, right? He's like, you're going to marry me, whether you like it or not and shit and she's like oh i know i like it it's gonna be cool he does the thing he's like i'm gonna fuck you and she's like with what knees him in the balls this is becoming her signature move uh, and yeah. I gotta say, I approve. Yeah, I'm into it, and that pisses him off, of course. He's like, fuck you, you're gonna marry me whether you like it or not, and bad, and your fucking brother's gonna die if you don't and shit. This is a bad guy scene, for sure. <laughs> yeah, very much. I'm pretty sure this Elizabeth character does not have... Is that a wig? Because The blonde hair? Yeah. Tough to say. I don't know, I wasn't really looking for it. She delivers some food to the dungeon where a giant asshole, I called him, because I don't know his name, he's torturing Micah. Oh, yeah, you know what? I, I did look up his name, but I can't remember it now <laughs> it's verdugo there you go verdugo i knew it started with a v 
Potato head, that's like, what Captain Morgan... It's not Morgan vagina. Made. Cromwell might be aware that Zeus is alive again. That part doesn't really matter yet. Foreshadowing. He's very certain about it. Is he? Like, just kind of like... Oh, yeah. He's, he's like straight up like... Where is Zusha? Where is Zusha? <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's convinced. He is convinced that he is somebody that looks human and not at all like Zusha would look. Let's just put a pin in that. Yeah, and Micah's like, who the fuck is Zusha? Talon does not want to be the leader of shit. Like, he, he'll go and do all this stuff and have a good time while he's fucking saving people and fucking bitches and stuff. One of the farmers is like, all right, my lord. And then he's like, don't call me that. Even though he's technically the prince, like, he doesn't give a shit about that. He just no. wants to kill... He just wants to kill Cromwell. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't, like, we all know, like, he's the rightful heir. If he just went, hey, I'm I'm the guy, everybody would be like, oh, shit, he's the guy. Kick Cromwell's ass out of there. But no, just here for revenge. Yeah, and that's fine. Which uh, I'm okay with. I mean, that's a very Conan thing, you know? Like, he's not trying to be king. He's just trying to, he's just trying to pay the debt. I do want to watch Conan now. I do want to watch Conan. <laughs> I, I would have put it on right after this was over if we didn't have to do this. If we didn't have to? Well, if it's that much of a chore, fuck. <laughs> i'm sorry baby I, I i'm sorry i didn't mean it that way there's a ton of rats in this fucking cave i don't know where the fuck well, they're all coming from they just kind of pop up out of nowhere i think it's supposed to be a sewer cave so i think that's oh, the idea you yeah know, they do say it, yeah. sewer rats and they Apparently all run. rats like eating dookie i don't know well, why well because rats are fucking gross my daughter insists rats are very clean uh and her rats she has pet rats and they do sort of obsessively clean themselves well that's because they're fucking pet rats i mean i'm sure they clean themselves and shit they do care you know it's it's like it's the thing they carry diseases and everybody gets freaked out but if you have a domesticated pet rat they're better i think they're fucking adorable really they can be I think they're so cute, but I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to play with one that I just kind of find running around in the street. Until you start, you know, like, like making out with them uh, fucking suburbia style. Well, let's maybe not do that. And I still haven't seen <laughs> yeah. suburbia. So. <laughs> uh, well, it's like that in the opening scene from The Lost Boys, they have a very similar shot where there's this lady with a pet rat and she start. It's like kind of sniffing at her and she kind of sticks her tongue out and the rat licks it. Ew. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah, people are strange, man. So yeah. When you're a stranger, uh, yeah, faces look ugly when you're unknown. One of the dudes fucking torches all these goddamn rats, though. It's Talon. Was it Talon? He, yeah, he grabs a barrel of oil that's just sitting there for no fucking reason and just throws it at the rats and then lights it up. Oh, well, good. Then fucking Talon lights the rats on fire and we don't see it, but we hear it. And it was kind of sad. Well, I'm glad we didn't see it because the only way to have seen it in the 80s would have been to light rats on fire. <laughs> I don't want to. That would have been a little fucked up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to. So now they're inside the castle and one of the farmers is like, you should go ahead. We'll guard the escape. We'll, we'll, we'll guard this little little area here that we, uh, that no, we that's, just opened. That's up. Rodrigo. Oh, they, that, that. that's Rodrigo. Right. They were also generic. I just forgot who they all were. <laughs> Come on, he's a much more striking-looking guy than well, the rest of these well, guys. Well, and he's the only one who talks, so I, yeah, I'm i sure other the other ones talk a little, but he's the only one. A few of them do. Yeah. But and then they the get caught guy. immediately. Like, like the sec again, it happens again. Talon <laughs> walks away. It is within seconds. Yeah, Talon walks away, and then there comes the guards. Talon also gets ambushed by the guards, but he can kick ass, so that's fine. Talon makes short, short work of the guard who 
attempts to capture him but apparently it's not fast enough for all the rest of the guys to have been captured yeah and apparently there's like 50 of them so i don't know how the fuck okay sure three guards managed to capture this whole horde of farmers that's because well it's because they're farmers yeah Yeah. uh so now talon is disguised as a guard and is inside the dungeon and there's the fucking farmers they're like oh sorry man we fucking talon's a dick he's like you know what i should just fucking leave you guys here because you're stupid (laughs) (laughs) They said they're going to crucify us at the wedding feast. I should let them. But he's a nice guy. He let him out. Yeah, he he talks a lot of shit, but he he does the right thing in the end. Yeah. And Micah's not there, of course, because he's busy being tortured somewhere else. The prisoners... In Cromwell's private torture chamber. Yes. The prisoners then, they drop to their knees because he, 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 he frees all the prisoners in there. And again, he's like, dude, stop. Like, I don't need that shit. <laughs> but then and this is where the, map the old becomes, man shows yeah, up. The map becomes completely useless, but it, you're right. They don't fucking really use it again. So I guess sure. maybe the implication is that he knew where the torture chamber was because this guy told him. But, I mean, it's a fucking... It's a it's a huge room. It's not like it was hidden. There's an open portico leading to it. That, like He just happens to know how to get there. He built it. He, he should know. Uh, then Cromwell hears that the castle's being invaded and leaves Elizabeth and Micah alone. So Elizabeth is hanging out with Cromwell in there. They're making out because she's his favorite, I guess. And he says to her, wait here. Trust me. And then as soon as they get out the door, this guard is passing them and he's like, kill everybody in that chamber. Oh, damn what a dick (laughs) yeah like what the fuck dude so he must have known that she was actually had come there to to free micah like that's the only thing i could think uh so she sets him free because she's on she's on our side she's cool and then here comes here comes talon but they think he's a guard yeah and talon then rescues him the rest of the way like she undid like a bunch of his stuff but then talon comes in and goes i'm choppy choppy the chain and i'm like okay wait didn't she just like free him but maybe not all the way i don't know she didn't get the chain on his left hand and talon comes in and and runs at him with the sword and she (laughs) thinks he's gonna kill him but he chops the chain and then he's like you want to put that away or use it all the farmers and prisoners they're all about talon now they're like it was rodrigo again right and he's like you know either we leave together or we die together and talon's like right on (laughs) basically basically gives him the you're cool in my book look and then he's like, all right, let's go. And then here come a bunch of guards. Talon turns and looks. Those guys are fucking gone. Uh, so there's a big chase chase sequence slash fight sequence. And Talon, of course, he's busy kicking ass and stuff. And this is where we finally oh. see this R-rated movie has boobies. It's Nudie Magazine Day! Yeah, this ranges all over the castle. Like, they really, like, this is a long sequence. And, yeah, he he swings from this chain across into what has to be... The harem. What has to be Cromwell's harem. Yeah. Yeah. And he lands on top of that gal, and then he kisses her, and he's like, I wish I could stay, but... Uh, and then he jumps up and runs off. Yeah, and then uh, Alana's body double is getting, getting oiled up and shit when Talon breaks in. And they make eye contact. They look at each other, and then he gets fucking hit in the face by a guard and then he falls out of the window it's because he's distracted well, you know, by seeing her because yeah. he didn't know she he didn't know she was going to be there yeah and then there she is bare ass right in front of him and he's like what the fuck smack right in the face i guess out I, the window i guess i'm a little reductive about it i'm like hot and naked yeah not the fact that she's there and she wasn't supposed to be then you know he falls into a barn or like a stable or whatever the fuck it is and then there's more fighting more chasing talon does think he gets the upper hand but 
Cromwell pops out of the crowd and accuses him of being Zusha. So he's surrounded on like all sides by these soldiers as he's trying to escape. Fortunately, though, Cromwell wants to kill him on his own. Like the other guys offer to all the other guards offer to jump him, too. But he's like, no, he's mine. Yep. And kind of more fighting, more chasing, all that shit. Mm -hmm. I wrote down very epic swashbuckling type music, though. So there is that. The music in this movie is actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. This is a full on swashbuckling scene. I mean, Talon even has the uh, the curvy pirate style. Oh, yeah, he does. See, we're we're replacing this awesome three bladed weapon that really is impractical as shit for more practical but less cool weapons. I think the idea is because if he'd shown up wielding that sword, Cromwell would have identified him immediately. But, like, if that's your sword, why the fuck aren't you using it? It's because it was probably janky as hell and would have just collapsed if they'd overused it. Yeah, but I'm getting blue-balled here by this fucking sword that I was promised in these trailers. <laughs> it's even, it's even well, on the fortunately, cover. Fortunately, the final fight, it sees some usage. Yeah. Cromwell could not take Talon on his own. So Spinal Tap came, you know, came and knocked him out. He snuck out of the bushes yes. and bonked him on the head. And then Cromwell's like, what the fuck? I I, I was going to get him. And then Michelli's like, dude, it's fine. Like, he's it's like, okay. he must be one of Zusha's demons. And then Michelli's like, yeah, he's not Zusha. Come on. Talon is captured like a huge loser. I wrote, I don't know why. I was just having fun at this point. Well, and- he is. He is fully captured. And they really like, like, crucifying dudes in these movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is funny that Conan did it and this movie did it within two weeks of each other. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That's kind of funny. But again, crucifixion is a theme that comes up in the Conan books. And this this movie is straight unauthorized Conan. This is like the watchman of Conan movies. And in Conan, I'm pretty sure he was just tied to the cross. He they actually they legitimately nail him up there not really up there's on the floor but there's two cuts of this there's a tv cut where he's just strapped to the cross and there's the theatrical cut where he's nailed to it how does he get out in when he's strapped to it does he just like i haven't seen that version i have no idea yeah because i read that too and i forgot until you just mentioned it but yeah i didn't even think about like how does he get free yeah no clue no maybe he just you know he mans his way out so micah says they have to go into the castle to rescue alana uh oh because they're now like they're at this brothel thing they made it oh yeah and and with micah's getting like uh patched up yeah And then he's like, we need to go back and rescue Alana. And we cut to Talon's pals. Micah is back in some kind of safe house. And then Talon's pals are in a parallel story making plans to go and rescue Talon. uh, And they're at the brothel. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I'm back on track now. Yeah. We cut to Talon's Talon's friends and and they're like, dude, we gotta we gotta go fucking rescue this guy because it was Elizabeth who came to them, I think, because they're they're all in Eden doing shit. Uh, or, no, or at least no. near it, there. Elizabeth it, Elizabeth shows up after they decide that they're gonna go rescue Talon. And then they oh. inform her that Talon's been captured. Oh, that's right. Okay, no, I should have read ahead a little bit. So yeah, Talon is just an all-around cool dude because everyone's like, hey, we'll help him. That's when we meet Captain Morgan. And, and... <laughs> Captain Morgan? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Really, Captain Morgan? <laughs> and then oh. uh, then Elizabeth shows up and uh, she tells them how to get into the castle and stuff. And But yeah, this is where she gets greeted by all the women there and they're like, hey, what's up? We haven't seen you in a while and shit. And Welcome back. Yeah, you know what? You're Right, she probably she probably was a, a companion wench. I don't know. And Captain Morgan obviously has some kind of connection to her, even though it's not really mentioned. Because in a, what happens to her later, he takes it very hard. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. When she dies, he is up 
upset. Maybe he's just a really good guy, but I don't know. Maybe he, he he did seem to take it harder than everyone else. But yeah, so so she tells them, "Hey, I know how to get into the castle, right?" And then this guy with a receding hairline's like, "All right, bah, let's do it." <laughs> this guy who looks like the fucking head writer from Thirty Rock. He looks completely <laughs> out of place in uh, this yeah. movie. <laughs> He looks about as out of place as fucking Carradine did in the other movie. Yeah, a little bit. And they sound, they they talk like that and they're like, hey man, what's up? What's up? Let's go to the castle and rescue our friend from the sorcerer. Yeah, this, this guy is putting in like no work in integrating himself into the timepiece. I mean, Captain Morgan's over here with this comical jamaican accent yeah there's a few guys that have zero accent they're like kevin costnering their way through this whole thing <laughs> and yes yeah, so, like some guys are really trying and some guys are just like i can't be bothered the dude with the receding hairline is kind of intense about everything that he says so like i'm not saying i'm not he's saying he's not it. acting but yeah he's not trying to fit the period at all the other guy though that comes in the other white guy and he's like we need to go save talon from the castle maybe please can we go save <laughs> i'm like yep that yep they paid him too much uh, yeah seeing as they had to pay him speaking line rates she tells them how to get into the castle and shit okay and then this is this is the and thing she begs to go with them yeah yeah and this is the part that you were saying the continuity is weird and i'm saying the continuity is weird because it cuts to them immediately going like we shouldn't have followed that bitch in here because they're in the dungeons they're just immediately we cut from that to them being locked up and it's it's kind of funny but then it gets really not funny really dark here in a very quick so cut to them all in the dungeon because that's low budget filmmaking uh that giant bastard verdugo brings in elizabeth because you know and i think is it micah that she brings that he brings in no it's someone else it's like a oh no it's not Micah. it's like a third character like an unknown character but elizabeth is a named character who we recognize at this point So So he basically focuses on her as if she's the only person he's got there, even though he references having cut both of their tongues out because they didn't have anything to say. This dude. Yeah, he cuts their fucking tongues out and it's really fucking messed up. And like we were we were kind of being a little jokey with Captain Morgan. He called Verdugo. He's like, what do you got? Potato head and shit. And that's when he brings him in and he's like, you, ma, you, if if this was a modern movie, he would have been like, you motherfucker. Yeah, for sure. Because he was pissed. Captain Morgan was pissed. Yeah, so, you know, they're like, uh, well, Verdugo's like, you better talk or I'm going to stab her. And Elizabeth just looks at him and goes, no. And then, well, she doesn't say no because she doesn't have a tongue. (laughs) She just like And Morgan is obviously about to crack. Yeah. Like he is, he obviously... Like they found his weak spot. Uh, yeah, it's apparently Elizabeth for some reason. Um, apparently, but yeah, she's then she just grabs the dude's hand and just shoves the knife into her own stomach. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty hardcore, man. And she, uh, yeah. she, she, no snitch. And now all of them, all of the prisoners are just staring daggers at this guy, and he's like, "Um, I'm gonna leave." And that, that's it, man. Like he, like at that point, he ain't getting anything out of him, so he just, he just takes off. Yeah, he's like, if one of these motherfuckers gets out, I'm dead. He's got other people to torture. Yeah, yeah as we see later once they get out and then we cut to Michelli. he's gonna plan he's planning to actually he's he's gonna double cross the double cross the double cross because now he's just in it for himself apparently uh he's you can't triple cross a double cross you can't triple cross a double cross <laughs> uh, that was a good reference i didn't even pick that one up good job thank you so he's planning on killing everyone at the feast that is happening yep. soon like right now in fact because at the feast, Talon is nailed to not quite a cross through his no, fucking. A, is it a cross? It's a cross, but it's a, it's a different style. It's not the Roman style cross. It's the it's the X style cross. Oh, okay, well I'm just a I'm just a plebeian. I don't fucking know these things. It's like what the Undertaker would nail somebody to. So he's and it's, nailed. You know, it's it's very similar to stuff that I believe showed up in 
quite a few Conan comics okay. up to that point. So yeah, he's nailed to this fucking cross through his hands, and it's really gross looking because that effect looks pretty good. Like you can tell they're fake, but it still looks icky. Yeah, they did a good job with it. I mean, it looks like an effect, but it looks like a good effect. And then there's two guys. Two older dudes who are probably rulers of their own respective kingdoms or territories or whatever, and they recognize talent, and they're the dudes who are like, and yeah, I'm like, seriously, this dude has spent the last 11 years saving people, saving entire kingdoms or some shit. Apparently, because these guys literally say there would be no kingdoms if it weren't for him. And they're like, it'll mean war if we set him free and the other guy's like then it's fucking war baby says it just like that too very anachronistic yeah it was was very nice uh now it's time for the wedding before shit gets all fucked up some wenches though (laughs) some wenches from the harem yep they come in to free the soldiers because i think they're sick of cromwell's shit too and they also i also they also like talon i was gonna say i think talon made a big impression when he swung into their pleasure chamber or whatever the fuck it is oh yeah 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 that is definitely it. But these motherfuckers got to take out that bald bastard first and specifically Captain Morgan in this awesome scene, which I wish they would have been able to show a little bit more, but I like the, the off-screen suggestion of what's happening to the dude. That is a straight horror movie scene is what that is. Like, because it gets gory. I mean, it. granted, they can't show everything, but for what they were able to show... So, so the guy's like sharpening some kind of a blade on this grindstone and there's this woman chained to a wall behind for the audience you know if you haven't seen it he's sharpening this blade on a grindstone and this woman's there and she's struggling he's like don't worry it won't hurt till i get to the bone (laughs) and keeps sharpening and then here comes captain morgan up behind him knocks the blade out of his hand gets him in a uh what's what is it a sleeper hold it's like a a a half nelson a full nelson Uh, yeah there you go full nelson gets him in a full nelson and grinds his head down into the grindstone just below camera and blood just starts spraying up as the grindstone grinds through this dude's face it's fucking hardcore man if they'd shown it that would have been x-rated for the 1980s there there is a scene where a guy like slices his sword through a dude's face later but that is a blink yeah. and you miss it shot. Like it's it very fast. is so quick, like which I'm sure it. is all it, they could get away with. It was cool, but like, yeah, it was, it was, it was done really well. Some of the effects in this movie are done great. The, the effect later on when he transforms, that effect looked amazing. It reminds me of that Satan Frankie scene from power from uh, super Sentai from Jew Ranger. When that, that thing, the Frankenstein monster split in half and became that oh, weird I, satanic monster that you missed. Oh man. Yeah. I, I didn't, I haven't watched that episode yet. And I specify yet because I did get the G Ranger set. Oh no, dude. I'm totally watching it. It is 100% worth it. I will maintain. That's the best one I've watched so far. Yeah. That one's pretty good, but back to sword and the sorcerer. Uh, yeah. So there's also a wedding going on, right? Cromwell's marrying Alana. And then you got this Italian preacher speaking Latin for some fucking reason. Oh, it's, it's, it's the guy from Pee Wee's big adventure who Pee Wee walks into the cafe and says, large Marge sent me. And he's the guy. And this is all I could think as this scene was unfolding. It was 10 years ago on a night, just like tonight. That's the guy. That's awesome. I haven't seen that movie in so fucking long. I should watch it with the girls and see if I can give them nightmares for a while. Oh, yeah. That'll, yeah, that, that, that fucked with me as a kid. Large Marge scared the shit out of me. That movie's fucking weird. Oh, man. So, so they're, so he's doing the thing, and Cromwell, of course, is like, I do. But as this is happening, Talon is like, I'm kind of getting sick of this shit. So he starts working this nail out of the fucking cross, and it's gross. Uh, just the, the suggestion, because that shit 
freaks me out. On the on my second watch, as this scene is unfolding, I'm just cracking myself up because all I could think is that what's going through Talon's head is if she says I do, <laughs> I'll never get my payment. That's and so true. and it's literally just as she's about to say I do that he summons the strength to rip the nail free, pull the gag out of his mouth, and yell, Cromwell. <laughs> That's funny. So it's gotta be twofold, right? Because if one thing if there's one thing we've learned about this character is that he is actually an okay guy. He is, but he's definitely a horn dog. But yeah, he's definitely he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna save her because it's the right thing to do, but also because if I don't save her, I don't get laid. By her specifically. Yeah. There's a whole harem of chicks that love me. I could fucking go fuck any one of them. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But uh, no, he's he's got his priorities. Um. So, yeah. So everybody's watching. And just before she can say I do, uh, you know, he screams Cromwell. The battle. Then the battle starts because those two guys get up. Well, everybody gets up because they're all watching him because there's a bunch more than just those two dudes in there. And, oh, uh, I guess we... We should have specified maybe for the audience that the entirety of the attendance at this banquet table is the kings of the earth. Oh, yes. Yep. So, whoever, you know, and then their yeah. bodyguards are like standing behind them. But it's it's like all of these guys are kings. And Cromwell's plan is to have them all assassinated when she says I do by his archers. So that way he can rule basically the entire civilized world. Yeah, says. because military and government structures don't have fallback leaders, you know. So Talon goes off and fights also. His hands are fine, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it starts out with he's got these nails sticking out of the back of his hands, but they don't seem to phase him once he starts fighting. Like, he apparently pulls him out and just immediately goes to it. Yeah, like like he shows no, the only, he, I don't even think he's in pain when he's doing it. He's just like, I'm horny, fucking let me out. <laughs> And then, and then one of the kings shows up and chops his feet free. Oh yeah, um, yeah, can't forget because apparently part. they're just tied down. Yep, and he's like, and then they're like, "What? What's up, dude? Who saved us?" I can't remember. And the town's like, like "Small dude. world." Hey, remember that sword from the title of the movie? Yeah, here comes a uh, thirty rock guy with the sword, and it and it's like this epic moment too, right? Yeah, he, he hurls it across the room and yells Talon, and he leaps up, fucking army of darkness style. I was gonna say, do you think Sam Raimi watched this movie and totally did that thing? Absolutely, grabs it out of the air and then super jumps up over the edge of this balcony into the heat of battle with this sword. It's a pretty epic scene. It's stupid but awesome. It is. Kind of like is. this whole Which movie. is what yeah. I want from an Albert Pune movie. Cromwell and Michelli, are, yeah, they try to escape with Alana, but Talon is right there. He's waiting. And he loses the sword again because he's a fucking idiot. It just gets knocked <laughs> right out of his hand. Doesn't even get to use it right this second. Because they couldn't have him fighting with that sword. They were like, no, look, it can only take three hits before those blades fall off. Uh, but that's okay because all of his buddies, the farmers and, and all the other soldiers and stuff, they all come and they save his ass. Yep. And they're like, you know, hey, uh, we'll take care of these fuckers. You go after Alana and shit. Oh, and did you mention that like Cromwell had like had Spinal Tap grab her and and they're like they're fleeing. And then he like tells Spinal Tap to get her out of there. And he does. But he unties her first. And so Cromwell gets the idea that there's a betrayal afoot. She goes into this cave with Michelli. And th this cave is full of like lizards and snakes and shit. Oh, God, they have a fucking gargantuan python or something snaking down through this this portcullis and it is one of the creepiest looking fucking things i've ever seen it's such a great effect i don't know if that was a real snake that they got to do that or what but it looked 
fantastic. It was probably real because, you know, they don't care. They're just like, this thing's just going to wrap itself around you. It'll be fine. Where did they find that goddamn snake? It was huge. It was L.A. in the 80s. I imagine everybody just Oh, had yeah, that's one. true. A lot of Coke dealers with giant snakes. Oh, yeah. How do you think they got the money for the movie? <laughs> you might not be too far off there, actually. So... So, you know, Alana's like, dude, I'm I'm glad you saved me. But then, of course, immediately Michelli's like, uh, get fucked. Uh, he chokes her, throws her up against the wall. And he's like, I'm going to take over the fucking... This is where he says, I'm going to take over the civilized world, basically. And she's like, oh, fuck. You know, so he double-cross, double-cross, <laughs> double-cross, double-cross. He's just fucking going all over the place with this shit. And then she does her signature move because he says, you can either be a part of my reign or a victim of it. And then she's like, oh, I've wanted you for so long. And then he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then he, she lifts up her knee right into his nuts and does not phase him one little bit. Because he doesn't have nuts. He doesn't. Because uh, Zusha is inside of his little skin suit. So he starts fucking shedding his skin kind of like a snake, in fact. Yeah, it's a pretty rad sequence. Surprisingly graphic. Again, this is like horror movie level stuff that we're seeing in what is ostensibly a mainstream fantasy movie. I mean, it's R-rated, but that was not a deterrent, you know, in the 80s like it is now. We only had three ratings, well, four ratings, I guess. You had G, had PG, R, and X, yeah. Just to, uh, after he fucking rips his head open and sheds the sheds the Michelli skin, sheds the Spinal Tap skin, sorry, that would have been a better joke. <laughs> Cromwell great shows effect. up. Great effect, great effect. Yes, it's really awesome. Cromwell shows up just before Zusha can, like, consummate or do whatever he's going to do to Alana to do the thing. I don't know. He's working his magic on her. I can't tell what, but it's he's got her in some kind of a trance. And a snake is going to is, is gonna end up wrapping itself around Alana, and it's really creepy, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty gratuitous. The shots of the snake, like, crawling between her legs. It's like, okay, guys, like, did we really need that? Yes, we absolutely did. Yeah, I guess we did. It was the 80s. And then Talon shows up just as Zusha is about to kill Cromwell. And he's like, I don't have a, I have no quarrel with you, he says. And then Zusha's like, yeah, but I'm going to kill this guy. And then he's, then Talon's like, well, then we have a quarrel because, you know, shit's got, he's, he's mine. God damn it. <laughs> and then Zusha's like, oh, really, bitch? And then he magics Talon down onto his knees. Yep. He uses like, his Jedi yeah. powers to, like, freeze Talon in place, knock him down to his knees. But Talon managed to garner just enough strength to fire one of those blades right into Zusha who gets knocked back and falls down and he's out of commission for a few minutes. It's pretty epic. And then Cromwell stands up. And then they... It's like, all right, we yeah. doing this? Yeah, and then Talon. Talon is a is a good guy. So he walks up, he kind of points the sword with the with that, that extra blade at Cromwell. Then he immediately points it at a wall and, or a, a rock, fucking whatever. A column. Yeah. A column. Somewhere in there. Either way, he shoots it and now it's just... You know, he shoots it into the wall, so now it's a it's a fair fight. Yeah, I personally would have liked to see Cromwell get that take that blade, but that would have meant they had to fight with the blade attached, and that was why they couldn't do that. There's no way they could have an actual sword fight with that second blade attached. No. That thing would have fallen off in one hit. But you know what's useless? The middle blade, because after a few swings, <laughs> it breaks. Well, we established that Cromwell's blade is like some kind of like super magic blade. Did we? When did we? When did we establish? Yeah, that? no, he's like he's chopped through people's swords before. Like the idea is Cromwell's blade is fucking badass. This blade should have been badasser, though. Yeah, you would think that. I mean, this is supposed to be like 
you know, the super weapon of the movie. But no, the blade gets chopped off. And so what does he do? He pulls the hilt up and there's another blade underneath. A tiny blade. Yeah, like this like this little tiny sword. But he doesn't use that to kill Cromwell, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, and Cromwell whips out this like staff thing and it has a blade on the end and there's just all sorts of shit going on here. It's the staff he used to beat up Micah when he first captured him. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, that would... Yeah. Yeah. But he presses a little button or something and a blade pops out one end and this arm with a little hook on the other end pops out and it's like, all right, we're getting into the realm of the truly ridiculous here and I'm I'm very much here for it. And then, you know, he ends up going back to his regular sword at some point because uh, Talon gets knocked on the ground. I don't even know how the fuck that happens, but, you know, Talon has the big rock. Cromwell's like chopping at it with his sword and it's almost through, but... <laughs> and... <laughs> But yeah, he just fucking... he, he's chopping this rock in a half like it's a, like it's made out of styrofoam, which it obviously is. But it's so fucking ridiculous. I love it. I love it. But then fucking what's his name? I, I forgot. We've been talking about him for two hours. I forgot already. Uh, Talon. Talon. Talon whips out his fucking Assassin's Creed blade, which is only not really an Assassin's Creed blade because it comes from the other side of his wrist. Yeah, it comes out the top, not the bottom. But he stabs, he stabs Cromwell with it, and Cromwell's, like, on his knees, ready to die, and fucking, he's like, who are you? And Talon just looks at him and goes, I'm Talon, the son of Richard. And then Cromwell, like, chuckles, and then drops dead. And I'm like, all right, cool, so we're done, right? This is a moment where, like, if this were a better movie, Cromwell would have had some kind of great line, and then Talon would have slashed him across the throat or something and ended it. Yeah, but we ran out of money, so. Yeah, that's fair. Which is very evident in the next shot here. Well, not the next shot, but in a a second. Talon rescues Alana from the snake. He cuts the snake's head off and shit. But Zusha then pops up like a fucking slasher villain. And then... (laughs) Yeah, and then he gets the wrist blade in his gut or whatever. Yep. And then he's... And that's it. dead for real. So That's it for Zusha. Yay. Although, you know, I was actually thinking about it and Talon got him way worse than Cromwell did. So maybe it just took 35 years for Zusha to re- to sleep and recover instead of the eight years it took him last time. Maybe we'll get more Zusha in The Warrior and the Sorceress 2. Or excuse me, The Sword and the Sorcerer 2. Yeah, you watch it and... Tell me. So we, uh, I will, I will have to do that. After that, we cut to all the good guys, all like, like all the soldiers and stuff who, who survived the battle. And some of them have some, some bitches with them. Some of them are eating food and others are just kind of chilling, <laughs> hanging out. This room is so ridiculous. There are dead bodies fucking everywhere, but then there's also wenches like Mackinac Kings everywhere as well. Yep. Like it's some kind of weird, erotic, romantic spot with just, mountains of corpses uh they all cheer when talon shows up because hey they all love their fucking talon for sure oh they do and this is where uh micah is proven to be a fucking liar because when we first met him at the beginning of the movie his sister said tomorrow the crown will be yours and he says i will never wear it for the crown belongs to the people and what does he do as soon as talon (laughs) throws it to him he fucking puts it on lying sack of shit micah somebody's got to be in charge damn it (laughs) <laughs> These people clearly can't do it themselves. And then, you know, there's some comments about, you're going to go, you're going to go collect that bounty now, you motherfucker. They swing off like Tarzan and Jane. No, it's, it's her who says it. She's like, I believe we have some business oh, to attend yes. to. So yeah, again, Tarzan and Jane, but you're right. They go fuck, I guess. 
yeah, the next the next shot is Talon on the beach with a big smile on his face, and somebody off screen goes, "So the debt was paid then?" Very subtle. So Talon, with a giant grin on his face, hops up on his horse, and then he's like, "All right, remember that mission you mentioned at the beginning of the movie? Let's go do it." Not before they're stopped by the by Rodrigo, the leader of the farmers, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm a, I want to come with you." Ah, uh, yes, that's right. I did forget about that. But that makes sense. I mean, Rodrigo was basically the only one of them who got any lines. So it's like, all right, he survived till the end of the movie. He should join the crew. He's dead as shit the next time they go on any adventure, though. Oh, yeah. As soon as shit gets real. Yeah. Rodrigo's probably probably not going to survive too long. Uh, or maybe he does, you know? I mean, hey, I got to say, young Talon, I did not expect that kid to survive, like, <laughs> the end of the week. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, Yeah. So they're going to go off to save another kingdom and fuck more bitches. And he literally says that. Yeah, he literally says that. Not not, not verbatim. Par- paraphrasing but... a little bit, but yeah, that's what he says. We've got kingdoms to save and women to love. And then credits, and then they tease the fucking sequel that didn't come out for 30 years, which isn't even really a sequel. Yeah. Coming soon, my ass. Fucking liars. Tales of the Ancient <laughs> Empire, coming soon. But he did make it. Abelar, Tales of an Ancient Empire. Yes. In 2010. So I guess that would be 28 years later? All right. Well, fuck it. We're done, mostly, with the Sword and the Sorcerer. What did you think of this piece of shit? It's not really a piece of shit. I actually kind of like it. No, (laughs) it's not a piece of shit. It's so much fun. It is. It's not a good movie, but it's an extremely watchable movie. And yeah, this is just a blast. I could watch this kind of stuff all day. No problem. I like a few of these movies. I don't. I, I am not the hugest fan of the sword and sorcery thing, but like, obviously I like Conan. I will say, you know, Conan is like the apex. Uh, and I, I would probably, of the ones I've seen, I would probably rank it like Conan, then Beastmaster, then this. Of the ones I can, I've can, i seen that I can immediately recall, this is probably like my number three favorite of this type of movie. Nice. I have now, granted, Beastmaster. I, I'm not including like all fantasy from all time i'm like talking specifically 80s stuff yeah i still haven't watched beastmaster but i have it i keep bringing it downstairs just to watch it and i never get around to it and i don't know why oh dude beastmaster's great like it really is if you enjoyed this you'll enjoy the shit out of beastmaster okay good that's that's what i figured so yes i did enjoy this uh that first watch was rough for some reason but after watching that dude's video and then going back and watching it i'm like oh no i totally get it i get exactly why i didn't like it the first time i understand like what i missed okay it, it's good it's good i like it and it's fun now, I, I i will say conan is a legit good movie like that's that's not like a so bad it's good or a, or a good bad that's a good movie no that would be conan the destroyer yeah conan the destroyer <laughs> is where we get into good bad territory and this is you know this is like down there you know this is this is a good bad movie beastmaster i think is a good movie it's not as good as conan but it's a good movie and then this is like the pinnacle of the good bad movies i'll watch it again i think that's it i think we're done i think rest in peace albert pune yes sir. i hope you I hope you weren't actually responsible for that dude's death. I hope you were actually a nice guy like everybody said you were. Yeah, me too. But your movies are cool, so, you know. Very cool. Yeah, I think we've said all anyone ever needs to say about the sword and the sorcerer. This podcast can go out as the final word on 
the sword and the sorcerer. So we're done with that. So social media, you can follow us on everything at the shark pod, patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood, where you can hear us talk about the stuff that we're not going to talk about on here, like Friday the 13th and the asylum movies aside from Sharknado and shit, obviously. Should we do a, should we do a meth gator Patreon episode when it comes out? I 100,000% need to see that meth gator movie. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Only because the title made me laugh. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I might pre-order that one when they, when they announce the release, too. I, that just needs to exist in my collection. But yeah, so I'm so excited. Don't forget also that this year we're doing the 12 Fingers of Shaw, where we're breaking, breaking into that uh, Shaw Brothers Shaw Scope collection from Arrow Video. There's so much to say like in that description of what we are doing. Very, very fun so far. I'm looking forward to... To this year's Patreon stuff, I think uh, we're in for some some delightful over the top action. So yeah, it's 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 been pretty cool so far. So in a couple weeks, we'll be back on the main feed with a movie that is so fucking far removed from this shit. It's kind of insane that we like these movies also. Like we 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 like this and we like that as well. What what's the title? I have forgotten. I know you already told me. But. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk about once the oh. the very <laughs> the very mumblecore style music film that came out in like what two thousand eight, starring Glenn Hansard, Marquette Irglova, directed by the fucking dude who did Sing Street and shit. Yeah, they don't get a lot more polar opposite than those two movies. Yeah, um. uh, I did that on purpose, <laughs> and I just because I wanted to give myself whiplash, I guess. Okay, all right. Well, join us next time for that. When we talk about Once, a completely different fucking movie, and it's going to be great. But until then, stay jossome.